Welcome to Football DNA interview, everyone. It gives me great pleasure to bring a good friend of mine, Mr. Martin Margotson, England's senior team GK coach. And it's, it's great pleasure to have him with us today to answer a few questions. So thanks for joining us, Marge. Cheers, Jim. Good to be here, mate. Brilliant. So if I had to touch on your playing career, mate. So you came through the ranks of Man City. Tell me if I'm wrong on any of these. Came through the ranks of Man City, uh, played 50 games plus there. Had loan moves to Bristol Rovers, Bolton and Luton for signing for Cardiff, where you was capped for Wales. So that's an amazing playing career, mate. Possibly even eclipsed by your coaching career now, which has been fantastic so far. If I can start with just a quick question, because I always get I always get asked this question. I never know how to answer it, to be honest. How does playing compare to the coaching role? To be honest, Jim, um, I, I, you know, I, was, I enjoyed my career um, playing. You know, uh, ups and downs like all goalkeepers go through, mate. Um, but for me, I think um, I, I'm, I'm a better coach than what I was when I played. Um, I, I didn't... I, I was okay. I, I was lucky enough I played in the Premier League. Um, but I wasn't... I, I didn't feel I was the best goalkeeper. But that sort of enhanced my coaching because things didn't come as natural to me as most. Um, so, you know, even when I was playing, certainly near the latter end of um, of my career, I really started thinking about goalkeeping in more depth, mate. And I think that's enabled me to go on to sort of, you know, build my beliefs and philosophies, you know, even today. Brilliant. So, you, do you take any experiences from you as playing into the into your coaching nowadays? Yeah, I think we all do, don't we? You know, we were lucky enough, mate. We stood under the crossbar, and that gives you massive empathy, you know, with an understanding. Um, about the role, you know, it's, it's a lonely position at times. Um, but, you know, we've been through it and there's no mistake that we haven't made. And I think that's a really good empathy to have with, you know, the mm. goalkeepers we work with because they know that we've been through it. As I say, you know, we've, we've had the highs and lows. So it's, it's a massive thing to be able to help them with that. Well, so we touched on your coaching career then. So it started at Cardiff and that's where the transition from player to coach went. I'll get on to that in a minute because we spoke about this before, haven't we? You went from Cardiff to West Ham uh, with Sam Allardyce with, to Palace and Everton with him as well, which is great. Uh, became the Wales uh, GK coach senior team as well while at Cardiff for the second time. Uh, and now England senior GK coach. Uh, and combine it with Swansea as well in the champ at the minute, which is brilliant, right? So I've been fortunate. It's funny because... It all came about through Dave Jones, um, who you know, I owe a great deal to. Um, he gave me the opportunity, mate. It's funny because I, I don't think Dave fancied because I was obviously still playing at Cardiff. That's where I finished my career. and I, I don't think Dave fancied me as a goalkeeper, but he obviously saw something because he, he sort of released me as a player. But then the, sort of the, you know, the flip side of that was he, he said, look, I want you to come on board and, and be part of my coaching team. And that's how it came about. Um, so I, I owe a great deal to Dave, and that was um, and he had a brilliant staff with him and Terry Burton and, and Paul Wilkinson, um, Alex Armstrong, who was doing all the fitness. It was a really strong staff, and it was a massive help for me because you know I was green, as it were, and um, the the it's sort of I've been doing that for a few years then, and then obviously um, my next uh, person I owe so much to was Gary Speed. Because Gary gave me the opportunity to be part of his um, his well setter, and it was through Gary then that my paths crossed with Sam, because they had the connection from Bolton. Um, Sam um, Sam went into West Ham and he was looking to bring a new team with him, 
and it was Gary who put me forward um, and, and that's the connection then started with Sam and I've sort of followed Sam around and obviously Sam with my experiences with Wales then which, which were you know experiences I'll never forget um, we were fortunate enough in the Euros to get to the semi-final and then Sam when he got the England um, role he wanted to tap into that a little bit and that's how that opportunity came about Brilliant that's great I mean what a guy as well Gary Speed was as well you know rest in peace for uh, yeah, what a guy. So, you've had an amazing upbringing there with the people that you've worked with as well. So, did you? I know you touched on it before. Did you think, like, towards the end of your career, and you could, you was heading towards coaching, sort of thing? And for how long was that before? Did you think a couple of years before? Did you do the Badgers route before that, or did you just go into it and think? No, I didn't really. It, it was me trying to sort of. I knew my time was running out as a player, and it was me just really thinking about the game thinking, why was I in that position? You know, what was I doing there type thing? Because near the end of our career, mate, the analysis started coming into it more, didn't it? You know, so we could get access to footage and things a lot more than when we, when we first started, you know, because clubs didn't even have an analysis set up then, did they, when we first, no, not in when the we first came into the game? But obviously near the end, there was a lot more facility available. And I started thinking about my game more. So that's when it came about, really. The lads don't know where they're born nowadays with all the analysis, do they? I know you do a lot on that as well. We'll, we'll get on that down the line as well. But I wish we had it in the back in the day because I look at goals, especially over this lockdown period, people have put so much old stuff on. And I'm looking at the goals. And unfortunately, as a goalie, it's goals against that you use it going. And I'm looking at it and going, where the flipping hell was I going there? Yeah, I'm the same. You know, I look at myself and I think, oh, God. Sometimes it would have been, uh, you know, just thinking... Oh, what was I doing there? Why were you rushing out there? Why didn't you stay in the goal? And it's just like, you know, it was the right, we thought it was the right thing, though, didn't we? It was the right thing. No one, no one told me any different. The only oh. advice I ever got was Mick Kearns, and he was brilliant. Mick Kearns, my first ever goalie coach for 10 years yeah. at Walsall. But he just said to me, I don't care what you do, just keep the ball out of the net. So, <laughs> as long as I get the out, I thought I'd done well. Yeah, <laughs> you analyse it back and you, you can see the faults. I, I think I could have, gone even a little bit better from it all but I think what's helped us now mate is is obviously the technology I mean you know let you think about Sky for example there's not a camera angle we can't get um, and that as a, for a goalkeeping coach and the detail you can go into is, is it's unbelievable really yeah absolutely I mean he, he, yeah like you said it's wide screens is there's blimps above you and everything that you can you can see the positioning see everything yeah, which is great exactly. tool to, great tool to use so have you have you used that more and more as it's as it, the analysis side of it's got better and better yeah definitely it's a big part of my coaching region to be honest is is the analysis and we have um, um, a special GoPro which we take with us which the analysis lads set up behind you know behind the goals is this with um, England no with with Swansea and you've done this all uh, along every you've done yeah. this with all your clubs yeah so the detail you can get is um, it's brilliant because you know off the field learning is just as important as on it um, I'm a big believer in that you know the mental side of it mate is um, you can get really powerful messages across in the classroom as well to help, you know. Yeah, it's just as absolutely. important as work, work they do on the grass. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you're saying it on the grass, I always find they might listen, but if you show them after and do it again the next day, they, they'll, they'll see it for themselves. They've got more chance of taking it on board. You can, you can put messages in. You don't have to make it obvious throughout the week, but you know what you've seen on the Saturday and you can coach that throughout the week to make it better. No, absolutely. I mean, would you use that for all the, all the goalies you work with? Because I know you work with Jessica Lyon, who we spoke about before. Um, 
And, you know, he's a little bit older when you had him. I think he was mid-30s, was he? And then you had a couple of young ones underneath him. Would you use it for the young ones more or would you try and change just his things? Um, no, I use it for everybody. I mean, um, the detail, you know, even down to the smallest foot, you know, where the foot plants are, for example, is you can pick that all that up on, um, you know, through the cameras. I mean, we did a lot of work. I inherited UC, by the way. UC was 38 when Sam brought in. He played 500 games in the Premier League um, then, you know, and had an outstanding career. Um, I was only a few years older than him myself. So as a coach, you think, you, you know, you, you look at him, you think, yes, of course, I want to try and help him and make him better. Um, but UC had established his own sort of um, technique, which had stood him in really good stead. But for me, I had, I had to be strong, Jim, because I had my own philosophies. And I thought, if he just tweaked it slightly, it would make him quicker, it would make him better. Because for the lads out there who were watching and, and, and the girls out there who were watching, Yussi's style was quite low, um, but very wide. Um, but I didn't feel particularly that helped him because he had to adjust that set position in order to move. So when we started looking at the analysis, you know, um, what we used to do on a Monday was we'd go into the analysis room, we'd look at things and maybe one or two goals had got in. We thought, what do you think? You see, you know, that shouldn't have beaten you there. And then we, all the time it came back to his, um, his set position. So what we used to do, I'd give the goalkeepers I work with on, on ball contact, I'd give them screenshots so they could take away and look at it throughout the week at home. You know, so they could think about the set positions when they're at home, etc. Look at these photos. Yeah, if I was narrower, it'd make me quicker. And, and what the lads did at West Ham in the analysis suite was they'd superimpose like a red line across across this image, showing UC's head height in the goal. And a lot of the time, he would only be halfway. If you imagine he's so low, he would. But he's only a big be boy as well, isn't he? Well, yes, he he's six foot four, and he was taking that physical, you know physical presence he has out, out of his game at times but of course then you got as a coach you've got to think outside the box a little bit at times and you've got to find a way how you can help that throughout the week so I came up with the idea about um, how can I get this red line across the goal you know Chad Willey so um, Dougie was brilliant the groundsman he'd do anything he could to help you so I went to speak to him and we came up with the idea that we um we got um, like a seatbelt, same material as in your car off, off the internet. And Dougie fitted two ratchets to either end. But of course, when you ratchet that across the goal, it really gives you a solid red line. So all week then, when, when UC was working, you know, turning, cutbacks, whatever, you had to make sure that his head height was above the red line. Brilliant. And to do that, he had to bring his feet narrower. And that's how we worked. That's, that's what we did. And even at 38 then, that you start affecting him, you know, because he didn't want to be under that red line then, you know, and then all of a sudden when you're working and you're doing your work in the week, you know, 600 saves is my typical week. And he usually starts getting a bit of belief then because he, he starts making more saves. So then, then you have the buy-in, but that's how we helped him with that situation. Yeah, that's brilliant. Now, that's proper thinking outside the box as well, isn't it? And, and he's 38, like you said, played 500 games, had a great career and, He's still learning from that. I think you probably take that forward with him. It's a great, great tool to have. Yeah. And you have to do that at times. I mean, you know, I'm just giving you examples of the goalkeepers. I mean, I mean, I've worked with 38 now, Jim, in my career at, at senior, senior level, 38 first-team goalkeepers, which is obviously quite a lot. Um, I think about 34 played in the Premier League. 
It's not bad yeah. then. <laughs> it's not bad I, at all, I've, mate. I've got tw- a 25 of them, obviously, with my international coach. And, you know, there's 25 full internationals. But, like, Rob Green, for example, I, I you know, had an excellent relationship with Rob. And one thing about him, he was the ultimate professional. You know, you came yeah. in a couple of times. That was brilliant. Um, when we were at West Ham, right? And, um, but even, even Rob, you know, England international, brilliant career, you know, he, there was things that we, we looked at. Again, Rob was quite similar. His final positions were really wide. Um, so we, we came up with the bungees, um, which were the strongest bungees you could get, the two ankle um, sort of fixings on, on each end of the bungee. And obviously when Rob then wanted to go into that final position on ball contact, it, the bungee would stop him from going really wide. But every day, every single day, and this is part of goalkeeping for me, Jim, is you've got to keep practicing the basics. Every single day, Rob was, he'd go, he'd go to the gym, he'd, he'd bring out his bungees with him, and he made sure that he did the work every day. Yeah. And again, that stopped him going into those wide positions because he, he knew it worked for him. And you're talking about Green, and he's a top, you know, top international goalkeeper by the end of yeah. it as well, which is which is amazing but he, his work ethic like you touched on was, was incredible he, he, anyone asked me about Green I always say he made the best out of what he could be he's a great yeah. one for kids to learn off and, and coaches to learn off as well how, how far you can actually take yourself because he had the natural ability but like you say it's some things he did as an orthodox so to work on that with you definitely must have pushed him on yeah and he did and I say every day he was the first into the training ground um, the last away he was, he'd, he'd do his work on the grass um, and he'd always want to work at a level, you know, the intensity, match pace. Um, he'd do all his work in the gym. But he, he also, which was interesting, he's a very intelligent man, Greeny, as you know, but he, he would document everything. So he's always right. became like a, a reference for him, you know, in games that he played in, things that he did well, things that he could have done better. So he almost had like a reference book. Did he really? I didn't know yeah. that. That's a great idea. Yeah. We touched on, I came into West Ham with you. You was kind enough to invite me and I think I was out of work. I think I just left Peter actually and came in to see you. And obviously I was new to coaching. I'd only done it a bit like you from Cardiff. I'd done it a couple of years at Peter and was learning on my feet. And I kept, when I came in to see you, it was brilliant to watch because like you had the, you were smashing balls at the goalie straight in it. And it was all doing similar things. I'm going, this is, this is a proper session, this. I was learning. And, and the work I've been doing was sort of like that. I know you can see a lot of things different things where I'm saying is right or wrong, but like a lot of different sort of gimmicky ones where people jumping on boxes, et cetera, which, you know, whatever people believe in is what they're believing. I'm, I'm fine with that. But I was always one who was just replicating what you do in a game. And then I saw you do it and I was, I was delighted. I think I'm off on the right track here. Have you always coached like that as well as adding the little bits for the analysis side of things? Have you always coached along those lines or have you changed anything over the years? It's a really good question. And um, to be honest, I didn't. When I first started, uh, you know, my first goalkeeper, it was a real strange situation for me because I'd finished playing at Cardiff. And me and Neil Alexander, we were teammates. So I was helping him and supporting him one season. And then I became his coach the next season. And I thought I had to reinvent the wheel. I thought I had to do these gimmicky things. And... You know, for the first few months, there was hurdles, there was cones, there was ropes, everything was going on, you know. And then when I really started thinking about it, I thought, I- I'm not doing Neil a favour here. I'm, I'm, it, this is more about Google or looking good on a DVD at the, at the time than, than actually being specific. And I thought, why do I want to coach him 
things that he doesn't have to do in the game. Like, you, you can jump onto a box and off a box. That's fine. But there's not many boxes in a six-yard box on a Saturday. <laughs> and I've to, not, I've not seen one. But there's not many ropes. There's not many cones. Um, I'm not saying this isn't the right thing to do. These are just my beliefs. I only want to coach goalkeepers in the goal. And I only want to coach them the movements um, that they, they would have to do on a Saturday or a Tuesday, whatever it is. Like, I see things on the internet now and they're everywhere about touching cones. And, but what you have to think about as a coach, when does that happen? Yes, you have to change direction in goal, but just ask the goalkeeper to change direction. And then he's always working from a good shape or from a good base, you know? So, so yes, I didn't used to coach like I do now, but as I became more experienced, you know, my philosophy from when I played and to now when I'm coaching became stronger. So then you just give the goalkeepers, you're not going to be, there's no need to be jumping off boxes. There's no need to be jumping over hurdles. Yes, you're going to move around the goal and you're going to come and catch a high ball because that happens. But you just keep the messages then, you know, believing this is what you're going to face on Saturday. There's times for that work, Jim, you know, the sports science lads, they take them in the gym. But that's a separate session. That's a different thing. And even then, now as a coach, I speak to the sports scientist. If a goalkeeper, for example, these are my philosophies, and I'm not, you know, preaching anything, but when a goalkeeper's working in the gym, he still has to, in my opinion, try and keep his gym work specific to goalkeeping. So that means if he lifts a weight above his head, it's no good doing this because when he goes to catch a ball on Saturday, he does that. So those little things are what I, you know, insist that the goalkeepers do. So anytime he lifts anything above his head, keep your eye on it like it's a football. And then everything becomes specific to them. Work from a good base in the gym. Don't work outside your range. These little things. And then everything becomes around geared to goalkeeping, even the gym work. Yeah, that's brilliant, mate. And for me to hear that is 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 great because I've had so many arguments <laughs> with younger lads and in the gym and the sports scientists. I'm going, anything they're doing in the gym should be goalkeeping related. Like you're teaching them bad habits. My worst, my, <laughs> just while I'm on my soapbox, my worst one is the, the squats where they touch their ass on the floor and they're in a terrible position. And I'm like, can we, can we not make it more specific to goalkeeping? I'm just giving them a bad habit here. Yeah. And, and that's good, mate. And, and you have to, as a coach, goalkeeping coach, you know, you have to stick by that because it, it is individual. And they're individual power athletes. So what's right for a midfielder in the gym is not going to be right for the goalkeeper. So it's important that people people realise that. And, you know, sometimes I do get frustrated when I watch some of the stuff on the grass that is out there on the internet. Um, because it isn't specific. Goalkeeping, it can look amazing on a DVD with all these things going about. But you have to really think about... Um, you know, what does the goalkeeper do on a Saturday? Like, one of my things is, and most goalkeepers I work with until they get into the routine of how I work, most of the time, Jim, we've got, we're working with three or four goalkeepers plus us, so we can all serve. So say, for example, there's three servers. The goalkeeper makes a save and the ball gets parried into one area. All most goalkeepers want to think about is up and take the second serve when the ball is still live. So they don't go into the next position and they all want to do it. And I said, well, hang on, the ball's gone that way. Why are you going that way? 
make sure that's safe, reset, just in case the winger or the, the seven or the 11 or whoever's following in. And then you go and take the second. But you, if you watch the stuff that's out there, goalkeepers making safe, balls going out there, they're already <laughs> off. But that's not specific to a match yeah. day, is it? And I think once they buy into that as well, you, you're quite... You want to make the second save. You want to. It is more yeah. match related, and that, that's how it would work in a game, definitely. So the coach has got to have the. You know, obviously it'll be a bit quicker if he's he's parried that way and he forgets that ball and goes to the next one. And it, it, yes, it, the, the session looks quicker, but you have to do what happens on Saturday when he parries the ball that way. The goalkeeper's got to get up and make sure that the next position is equivalent to where the ball is. So go yeah, to absolutely. that position is my point. <laughs> Set there, and then. If you've got a second save, you've got to get back across the goal. Then make that happen then. So I know you work with, like you said, 38 Prem goalies and all that. And does it change? Because we've got a lot of young goalie coaches on there, work with young kids as well, younger kids. I mean, do you think it sort of stays the same um, from like the Prem? Not the same, obviously, the bigger and quicker and stronger, but the same sort of uh, practices they can use for the younger kids as the, as the older kids. And it's sort of similar advice, isn't it, really? It's exactly the same. Um, so for me, a ten, uh, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old can be doing the same work as Jordan Pickford um, because the basics are the same. It doesn't change. You know, catching a football, you, you can coach a, a, um, an eight-year-old exactly the same as what you, you know, the same messages what I give to Jordan. The difference is Jordan's been doing it for longer and obviously he's more he's, he's more physically developed he's quicker and more powerful but the same the same session my son was a, a young goalkeeper i do exactly the same he's 13 but since he's been 10 i used to go into the academies he was in and and, and help out and i really enjoyed it with the young goalkeepers but i would find myself doing the same session in the night with the eight-year-olds as what i'd been doing you know yes. in, in in the morning with and it would say with david marshall who it was at cardiff at the time there's, there's no different, and they can practice the same things. And, and you know, somebody who's, who's coaching young goalkeepers, it doesn't have to make it all fancy. They just got to to be an elite level goalkeeper, Jim. You've got to be prepared to do the repetition. Six hundred saves a week has become my sort of saying, and I give those messages now to Freddie Woodman and and, and, and people like that. But all week it's repetition. It has to be. To be, to be an elite level goalkeeper, unless you're prepared to do the basics and practice it every day, you're not going to get to the level. I just touched on that 600 saves then. So that's, is that just handling or is that making diving saves? Or would you just work? It's, it's everything. It's the all round from when we start, you know, start the session. Um, that's how my week usually looks. That's great for a goalkeeper as well, that, isn't it? Well, they know that. It's a good message, and you can keep any coach can use it. You know, if it's younger ones, might not do as much, obviously, but you can still give them the messages. Because come a Friday, then when they're preparing for Saturday, they know they've done the work. They know that they're prepared. You know, the goalkeepers, you you have to practice the basics, but you have to work damn hard as well. Absolutely. Um, and if you don't do that and you're undercooked, it can be a difficult place to be in. Stood in that goal. If you think, oh, I don't, I maybe I've been a bit lazy this week. I missed the training session or whatever. But when you've done the work and you, you've trained to the best of your ability all week, you're ready. So you mentioned Freddie Woodman, um, Pickford there as well. So obviously you went on loan during your career and that. Do you think it's a it's a good idea for them, the lads to learn the game as well as the training to go 
I know Pickford went on loan to Bradford when I was at Walsall. Yeah. And Martin Thomas was uh, England coach there as well and, and said, would you just keep an eye on for, for him, for me, Jim? Yeah. See how he does. And I'm in the sticks of the side. I'm watching Pickford. And he was, he was class. He was coming for crosses. He probably came for too many. Yeah. And I think he learned... He learned a lot. It looked for me like he learned a lot during that loan spell. So I watched him that early and I said, excellent, he's got a chance. He's got to learn when to come for crosses, when to do this and that because he was very excitable. Yeah. But I think maybe that loan spell, do you think a loan spell can help make the goalkeepers? They've got to follow that path. There's no way. You can't flick a switch and then go into the championship or go into the premiership um, unless you do the, the groundwork, Jim. I agree with you 100%. And there's no better place to learn because it, 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 it becomes real football then when they go to the conference. Because Jordan started, he went to the conference. Yeah, he's um, done a great you know, though then, as well, didn't he? You know, Dean Henderson now, they, they've, they've done League Two, then they do League One. You know, um, we've got Stephen Bender, who's um, at Swansea, who's a really exciting prospect. And Stephen's at Swindon um, and having an outstanding season there. But without those 30, 40 games behind him, we're not going to know if he's going to be ready to be, be for the championship. So it's um, young goalkeepers, you know, they've got, to, they've got to get out in the real world, as it were. And it's mortgage football, I call it, because lads who are playing in the, in the lower divisions, you know, it matters to them. It matters to their family. And you've got to feel that pressure as a goalkeeper. You know, and that, that, that's my little saying where, you know, lads are on win bonuses and things. And you've got to be able to handle that pressure when you've got to come for the... The you know the cross and the corner in the ninety fifth minute. Absolutely, that's, that's that's part of the job, and you know it's brilliant. It's brilliant experience for the lads to get out there and experience that. Totally agree with that. It's like what's my saying? I always say, well, either pressure will either burst a pipe or make a diamond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully they come into diamonds. But I mean, yeah. you mentioned that. I mean, Ramsdale did the same. Who's had a fantastic season with Bournemouth. Yeah. And he was on loan at uh, Chesterfield, Wimbledon, if I remember right, as well. And he's just yeah. he's set the Premier light really this season as well. He had a difficult time at Chesterfield. I don't think that that didn't go as well as what it possibly could have. But then he bounced straight back and he went to Wimbledon um, last season. And I saw a couple of his games there. Um, and obviously, Wally, Wally's a close friend of mine, Wally Downs, who was the manager at the time. And he was outstanding, um, Aaron. And it, it gave him the, the springboard then, you know, those extra games and playing in, in that real, you know, real mortgage football was um, the springboard that gave him his opportunity now in the Premier League. I, was, I mean, I was at Lincoln at the time when we played Chester and he played in that. And he didn't have a great game, to be honest. He looked a, bit, a little bit nervous. Do you think, with that mentality and like like you mentioned there, you know handling the pressure and that's got to help him go on to the next step. But you've got to be mentally quite strong as well. Is that where a coach should come in as well and help him through that, or is that personal? It is personal, um, but obviously, like I touched on earlier, because we've been through it, you know, and we've had the games where it hasn't gone so well. Um, so you you can definitely help. You can definitely that's part of goalkeeping. There's not a goalkeeper out there who won't have a bad game. And the ones who go on are the ones who can park that to one side, Jim, you know, and put it to bed. Now, I have to say Pickford is such a strong mental character. He makes, he does make, you know, he's made mistakes, we know that. But he, he, he puts it aside, he gets on with it. Um, and he does that really well. But, yeah, you know, it's a brilliant question. And it's a, as I keep saying, it's a difficult role at times. But you've got, you've got to live with the mistakes. 
you can't let it eat you up um, because no, it, just, it, it can snowball quite quickly as I know. <laughs> <laughs> Me as well, mate. You've got, I always say like, if, if one thing happens on the pitch, you've got to let it go straight away because it's going to roll into the next action and the next action then, like you say, it snowballs. It's a horrible place to be. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story and I, I don't mind sharing it. One of the one of the worst games I played for Man City was probably all week I was building up. We play in Everton and I, I just had in my head, it was at the time, I remember Andy Inscrip started whipping these corners in and, you know, it was like a shot coming in, you know, and I was getting a bit panicky <laughs> about it. And I, I basically, I had a disaster, the nightmare. Um, I, I, Peter Reid was the manager. He probably did the right thing, to be honest. He actually took me off at half time. It did. It's a big call, that, isn't it? Big call, but at the time, you know, I was devastated, but it was, probably was the right call. But what that taught me was, I learned more from that experience. It was tough, don't get me wrong, and it was the last game of the season, so I didn't have a chance to bounce back straight away. So I'm it's a long summer. It. It's a long summer, mate. It's a long summer. <laughs> Rehearsing that game in my head, and then I thought, well, mistakes happen, why are you worried? You know, it's, it's part and parcel of goalkeeping. If you're going to worry about it, leading into games, then they will happen. And that, that was that was the psychology because we didn't have the psychologist then, but that was the psychology that taught me more than than most things, and I became a lot stronger from that. Um, managed to pull myself back together and <laughs> get on with things. But you know, that, so you know, goalkeepers make mistakes. It is part, it's part of the goalkeeping life, and we've all done it. Um, you know, so it gives you a lot of empathy as a coach then to to to, to help the lads when you've been through experiences like that yourself. Absolutely. I mean, we get, I get a lot of questions through football DNA and like, how do you recover from mistakes? And, that, and that's, that's perfect what you, what you just said there. You're going to make them. There's no, you are going to make them in the game. But if you prepare right before the game and, and go into it not fearing them, it's, it makes you mentally strong and you know what you're in a good place. Exactly. Mistakes are going to happen. That is a fact. You can't be a goalkeeper unless you, you know, gonna, if you can't be prepared to, to live with that. You know, it's not an excuse. As long as you try into doing the right thing, coaches and managers can live with that. What what they don't want is a goalkeeper then who sort of he makes the mistake and then then he disappears. You know that can't happen, and and that's the ones who who, who, who can't cope with that. Unfortunately, are the ones who don't quite get there. They're the ones who, who, who go on and and go, get stronger and stronger. You know, to any young goalkeeper watching this, you have to remember that the best goalkeepers in the world make mistakes. That's a fact. Well, you mentioned Pickford there, and he made, he's made some high-profile ones, but he's such a good goalkeeper for me, and he just seems to bounce back from it. The other one I'd touch on is, is Henderson. It's really interesting because he was on loan at Shrewsbury. Again, I was at Lincoln, and we played him in the final of the auto windscreen, as it was. I don't think it was called that then. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what it was called. Sorry for the sponsors. But, and we had, big, we had big Matt Reed up top. That was a better team than us. And we, he's a young kid in goal, and we, I've said, go and, go and stick one on him. I really took it a little bit far and probably assaulted him in the first <laughs> 10 minutes and got away with it. And he's come for the cross and I'm thinking, I'm going to watch the kid now. And like the next cross that came in, he's bang on the front foot, ready to come again. I thought, do you know what? And he got battered again and he got a couple of punches on it. I thought, I like that. That's a, it's a fantastic mentality from him. Yes. He, and he plays the game that way. Um, he, he's fearless, Hendo. Um, he's obviously, you know, a real big talent. Um, but he, he's he's very brave. Um, I think the, the goalkeepers at the minute, you know, um, in the England setup, that they, they they're all very much the same. They they 
they they can deal with mistakes really well, but they play the game really bold. Um, you know, Nick Pope, for example, at Burnley, probably because I get to watch all their games, they get sent to me through the FA. So Pope comes and deals with more um, set plays, crosses than than any goalkeeper in in the Premier League. So um, you know, it's it, it's it's a good place to be. We've got an abundance, really, of riches at the minute, like Pickford, Pope, Henderson, Heaton. I know, I know we're going to miss the Euros this summer, which was, I was so looking forward to. I mean, you must have been looking forward to it even more. Yeah. But, like, what would you have seen? I mean, I don't know if you can answer it, but you don't have to say your thing, but, like, what would you have seen the pecking order that would, would Pickford have kept his place this summer? Is Henderson pushing him all the way? Would you have looked at even taking a bit of experience in, like, Ben Foster or someone like that as well? I'd, no, well, Ben, Ben, you know, uh, outstanding goalkeeper. He made it clear that he's sort of, you know, he, he he wasn't. He sort of retired from the international team, which is, you know, fair enough. Um, obviously, I, Gareth picks the team, but what I would say was probably since I've been since I've been doing the doing the role, Jordan, and he he knows it as well. Was probably. Under more pressure than than previous, I think is the fairest thing to say. From you know, Popey, from Hendo, before his injury, obviously Tom Eaton was was having a really good consistent season. Um, so, but Jordan made a couple of errors for Everton. Um, but one thing I will say is, when he's played for England, he's been excellent. Pickford. So that oh. my opinion, as I say, Gareth picks the team, but my opinion probably would have been that Jordan would have started the tournament. He's an excellent goalkeeper. He gets a bit of bad bad press at times, but he's an excellent goalkeeper. And you know, we look at Jamie. The last tournament he was he was outstanding, I thought, as well. He worked hard. I was I was fortunate enough to be with him for six months before that with Everton because obviously. I was gonna ask that, was you with him at Everton as well? So yeah, you know so, him. does that help? So from December um right up until going to Russia. Um, we were, you know, I was with him every day. Um, and one thing, one thing with Jordan, knowing him like I do, I love him to bits. But you've got, you've got to be on him every day. You've got to make sure that he, he you know, he's training at the intensity he needs to. Because the first thing um, that that we, when we looked at, at Jordan was he needed, he was too heavy. He needed to get his body fat down. Um, so that meant, um, you know, Sam's not one to. Um, to suffer fools gladly, um, and Jordan's Jordan's body fat was too high. So to be an elite power athlete, you can't carry weight um, because it's 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 physics. You know, if if you're heavier, you can't you can't make the saves. So to be fair to Pickers, he, he bought he he would be into um, into Finch Farm eight o'clock most Arpa State every morning, which. Um, we were fortunate enough there's a swimming pool there. Um, so he was fasted, which means he'd have no breakfast, but then he'd have to go swimming. So you, you're training on an empty stomach, which, which burns fat. So he worked, he worked his socks off. He started losing the weight and he felt better. So when he went to Russia, he was in the absolute peak um, of you know, physical fitness, to be fair to him. His skin folds were the lowest they'd ever been. Um, and... If it got lost a little bit, this the same I'm going to mention, but oh, I think it's one. Yeah, the Columbia game, <clears throat> he made a save right near the end of the game, which he, he got a finger to and he tipped it round for the corner. But unfortunately, Yari Mina scored from the corner, so that <clears throat> that save got lost. 
But for me, straight away, is the messages that you're giving him. He made that save because of the sacrifice, what he made for six months previous. It wasn't just a save that happened overnight. That was, that was all the work that he did. Um, leading into the tournament, which gave him that save, in my opinion. And that was an outstanding save. Like you say, it got lost a little bit, didn't it? But I, I, I remember watching that going, that is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Yeah. And he just showed, got the same message sort of thing is the hard work and, you know, people just see that save or see a save a goal you'll make, but the hard work that goes into it, it must have been great having you for the six months before because I forgot about that, to be honest. He, he was outstanding in that tournament leading up to it and during it. Yeah, he was... Um... I love him to bits and he's outstanding. You know, we're close. We've we've got a good relationship and we talk, you know, we talk a lot. Um, but I was delighted with him in that tournament, you know. And he got the plaudits he deserved. His goalkeeping, you know, not just the penalty shootout, his goalkeeping in general. I thought he was one of the best goalkeepers in the tournament without shadow of doubt. I definitely agree, mate. And just on Henderson as well, because he's had a fantastic season. I mentioned Pope. I'm big, I love I love watching Pope play as well. Uh, Henderson's been the one that's probably got more in the headlines this year. Do you think he can push Jordan all the way? Yeah, he can. And there's a um, healthy rivalry between them, to be fair. Um, and they do keep each other on their toes. I mean, Endo's a talent. Um, when I talk about being a power athlete, that's what Dean is. Dean's agility... Is second to none. I mean, sometimes he knows this. He can get into positions which don't necessarily help that. Um, I.e., when he sets, he can be wide and low, which delays him. I got footage on my iPad of you know his agility and the height and, and power he gets. He gets off off the grass is incredible. Um, he's an exciting prospect. Do you think he needs to go his pathway? Maybe go back to Man United to trouble De Gea, or do you think he's better playing out on loan at the minute? Or can he overtake De Gea? It's a good question, mate. Obviously, Man United is in a huge club, um, and it's it's a wonderful club. But it, it, it's not going to really benefit Dean, in my opinion, to go back there and be behind David De Gea. Um, so ideally, he needs to stay in the Premier League if he can, and certainly that'll. That'll keep him in the um, England um, thoughts then as well. You know, very difficult to be in Gareth's thoughts if you're not playing in the Premier League. Back and I ask you a couple of ones to finish up then. So who 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 do you enjoy watching mostly now at the moment around the world? Is there a particular goalkeeper or you just enjoy watching all the different styles? I enjoy studying goalkeeping. You know, there's a very different styles in the Premier League. Um, you know, I've got big collections on my iPad of different set positions, which are the all-important thing. Um, I get frustrated when I see some of the save choices. <laughs> um, the save that's crept into the game of late, which is, we haven't got another hour, but it, it can open up a little other debate about it's a K block or whatever you want to call it. I don't think, I don't like that save. When we played, mate, we didn't even know what that save was. No. Um, and it's coming to the Premier League more and more now. And it's a difficult one for me. I think it can work, but just my philosophies again, I prefer, you know, if, if you're going to, if that's your safe choice, then it's a hand bleed for me. Your hands go into the ball. Um, but that's just me personally. Yeah, absolutely. The thing for me, which with the cave lock, goalkeepers make the choice when the distance is, is too great. Um, and they never keep their eyes on the ball. Every single example I've got is when they go into that save, they turn their yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was, I was stopping myself doing it when you were speaking about it. Here, that one. They do, and it, for me, it's a save that's come because we have a lot of you know goalkeepers from all over the world, and you know it's a futsal save. 
that save comes from futsal because the goal in futsal is so much smaller. So if you make that shape, you cover more of that goal. And, and, and that's where it's come from, in my opinion. Um, but most of the, every goalkeeper I work with, the, the save's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> it's banned. <laughs> it's banned. It's good. Well, it, it does. It gets it gets in the head, doesn't it? And they do it from 10, 15, 20 yards out too early. And yeah, I don't think you can make the right save. I agree with you on that. And I think they train goalkeepers work so hard. You know, this is this is my philosophy on it. They work so hard in the week. Why do they want to rely on the ball hitting them? They, you should be in the goal to make saves. Yes, sir. And these K blocks, I call them. They, they're not even looking at the ball, so can, they can only be relying on the ball hitting them. Whereas for me, it's set react. And if you know, if the nine or whoever has the poor touch, and you make the decision, you think you can get it, then you go with your hands. What is the best advice you've had through your career? Uh, and what would you? Is there one piece of advice you could give to aspiring GKs to give them that little bit extra, maybe? The best advice really was what I touched on earlier. The, um, what I learned from, from that Everton game um, and not having the fear of um, making mistakes. Uh, you know, that, that, that's the advice I can give to all young goalkeepers out there and, and, and senior goalkeepers. Just be bold and tr- work hard and try and do the right thing. Um, and you've got to learn to live with the mistakes. Yes, you're disappointed, but you have to park it and, then, and, and, and move on and try and learn from it. Um, and I, I found that the hard way. Um, but that, that that's that's was the biggest thing that helped me in my career. We touched on, I think, before, but it's the difference between being a good, solid GK and a great GK. Can you get to that level? Is this anything we could do to just get that bit extra? I think I know the answer because we touched on it earlier. But yeah, it's dedication and not and and just perfecting the basics. You have to be. You have to want them. You know, there's a lot of talented people out there, but they don't want to work hard enough on the skill. Because talent, you know, people have said, I'm not, it's not my saying, people have said it before, talent isn't enough. You've got to have the drive and the determination, especially as a goalkeeper. And you've got to want to do the, the simple things brilliant every day. You've got, to, you, you've got to be the master of being able to deal with the football and take pride. Um, even when you start your session, it's important. You know, most goalkeeping coaches start a session with volleys. You've got to take pride. You, you know, that's your work. That's what you're going to face on a Saturday. And you, you've got to be brilliant at doing that. And unless you're prepared to t- keep doing the repetition um, and working hard every, you know, every time. Because when a goalkeeper, part of my thing, Jim, when a goalkeeper you know, um, sets foot on the grass, it's a chance to get better. Um, and, and I've had goalkeepers which frustrate me, who unbelievable talent but they waste they waste sessions on the grass they don't quite put it in or they're not this isn't happy with this or this or that <clears throat> why have you wasted your session you can never get that back and the goalkeepers who go on are the ones who want to do the best they can every day and it matters to them and unless you have that mentality not just in goalkeeping there, I think in elite level sport whether you know you want to be a swimmer or whatever you think about Swimmers, for example, they've got to swim up and down that swimming pool they, they, you know, all day, some two or three sessions a day sometimes, you know, five o'clock in the morning, but they prepare to do that graft. Um, and goalkeeping is the same. You have to have that mentality, be able to deal with mistakes and be prepared to be brilliant at the basics. 
Oh, brilliant. And listen, that's that's fantastic advice. And I've learned so much just from talking to you. I've kept you I could I could talk to you for another two hours, mate, but I know it's your Saturday though. I'm delighted let's you came a, on, mate. Appreciate let's do a session so much. On the K block. <laughs> let, let's, let's do a session on the K block, never to do it. <laughs> yeah, never to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. it's brilliant, Margin. If I say as well, like like I say, I could speak to you all day on on this matter. Absolute genuine guy and I've learned so much just coming in at West Ham back in the day inspired me to go on and, and having watched what you've done in your career as well, coaching wise, especially has been has been incredible. So I appreciate your time, mate, and thanks for everything and, and good luck for Stop the future man. as well, mate. Brilliant to speak to you, mate. Cheers. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. That was a fantastic insight to a, an elite goalkeeping coach, you know, and it's touched on the basics for the kids as well. It was it was a brilliant interview. Really enjoyed every minute of that. Um, I hope you get a lot out of it. If you've got any questions, info us at Football DNA as well. I'll try and answer to the best of my knowledge as well. And hopefully I can ring and pick Martin's brains again. But really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, everyone. And all the best for the future. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Football DNA podcast. We're looking at releasing a new podcast weekly, so listen out for those. In the meantime, you can join the DNA community on a free three-day trial and gain access to over 600 videos from professionals, including the brand new individual skills program with over 100 challenges suited to all Asian abilities. Just visit footballdna.co.uk. Stay safe and well, everyone. All the best.